If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we're going to pick up in <clears throat> verse uh, 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody love the word? Oh, we love the word at Kingdom. Missed you guys last week. Did my wife give a good word last week? Praise the Lord. Amen. So glad you guys were in good hands. Matter of fact, I was in my hotel room, so I got a chance to stream during this service. Speaking of streaming, we want to thank God for those that are streaming even right now. Believe it or not, we got people that stream all the way from Spain to Tokyo, and the list goes on all over the world. People are streaming during our 930 service. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, look at verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Now look at verse 17. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Today I want to preach a message called the benefits of the birth. The benefits of the birth. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We honor you this morning. We thank you how you already moved during that time of worship. Now, God, we just ask for these next 30, 35 minutes that you speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, the benefits of his birth. Matter of fact, I was going to preach a message. I'll probably preach it next week called anointed to finish. I was going to preach that this morning, but Holy Spirit threw a curveball at me last night and said, no, I want you to talk about the benefits of his birth. And so I want to do that on today. Let's look at verse 17 one more time. It says, for the law was given through Moses. I don't know about you, church, but I'm so glad that I was not born in the Moses days. Because when you read throughout the Old Testament, the Bible talks in the book of Genesis how God would just slew people. If, and, and then let's not forget in Genesis chapter 6, amen, the only family that survived the, the flood was Noah's family. The Bible talked about how Jesus was so fed up with man and how he even was upset that he even created mankind. So I don't know about you, I am so glad that me and you were not born in that dispensation because you and I would not have survived that season of our life. Can I get a witness? So God knew the end from the beginning and he knew just when we needed to be born. So I am glad I was not born under the law. Come on somebody. So again, verse 17 says, for the law was given through Moses. Law was cutthroat. Can I get a witness? When God got fed up with folk, he would even say, I repent for even creating you. Even Saul, who was king, he said, he told the prophet Samuel, go tell Saul, I repent for making him king. The word repent means tell him I changed my mind. Isn't it a blessing that we're under grace, that God doesn't change his mind how he feels about us? I'm so glad that God is not in the changing his mind business anymore. And you say, well, pastor, how can you back that up with scripture that God does not change his mind? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now we've left him before. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, we've been MIA, come on somebody, missing in action. Come on, can I get a witness up in here? 
some of us have gone a wall. Can I get a witness? But God still loved us. Can I get a witness up in here? In spite of you, he loved you. In spite of the things that you've done, he still hand-selected you. He still preferred you. The word called means that he even summoned you. Put up first uh, 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 Peter, uh, uh, I believe it's 2 and 9. Well, look at this real quick. First Peter uh, 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 2 and 9. It says, but he chose you, uh, you. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Anybody in this building know you special? Even when you was crazy, you knew it was something special about you. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of us in this building were stir crazy. Can I get a witness? Anybody going to just be honest? But you knew it's something about me. It's something about me. Put, put, put that scripture back up. Look at this. You're his own special people that, that, that you may proclaim the praises of him. Who, who, that's the mother reason why he called you is because he knew you would proclaim his praise. That you would praise him, amen? Then it says that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't it marvelous what God has done with you? You might not be where you would like to be, but it's marvelous what God has done. Come on, because at least you're not where you used to be. Come on, that's marvelous. Amen? So this is, this is my first thing I want to talk about, though, because I want to talk about the benefits of his birth because you're maybe wondering how do I benefit how have I benefited from the birth of Jesus you have benefited because you're not under the law but me and you are under grace somebody say grace listen the word grace means his unmerited favor which means his undeserved favor amen I'm sitting in this almost six million dollar building that we purchased for a little bit over three million dollars this is called unmerited favor this is undeserved because none of us have done anything to deserve nothing. Because in actuality, we deserve the judgment of God. Can I get a witness up in here? But I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the grace of God. I am so glad that we are not under the law, but the law has been fulfilled. Can I get a witness? Because that's what Jesus came to do. Now we're under grace. Now we're skating in what I call unmerited, undeserved favor. Not only that, the word grace means his divine enabling power. That word divine means supernatural. In other words, his divinity has hooked up with our humanity. That's why as his creation, we can do supernatural things. When we come together collectively, we can do supernatural things. When I told you we needed $842,000 to renovate this building and we were able to raise it to the dollar, to the penny, come on, that is supernatural how God did that. Amen? That's called the grace of God. That's called unmerited favor, undeserved favor. When I told you we needed $323,000, to put some AC on this building, come on somebody, and we were able to raise it, come on somebody, that's called unmerited, undeserved. Because remember the young man, he, the, the, was, he was demon possessed, and his father brought him to Jesus. The father brings this, this, this young boy was demon possessed to Jesus, and he says, I believe that you can heal him, but he says, but help my unbelief. Anybody ever been in one of them kind of seasons where you was between a rock and a hard place and you like, Lord, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief 
because there's a part of me that believes but then there's a part of me I don't know because I'm kind of looking at this and from a logic perspective but how many know we got to step out of logic and step into the supernatural and see, when you begin to say, Lord, I need your grace in this season of my life. And when you begin to tap into God's grace, that's when God begins to do the supernatural. So I'm here to tell you that through Jesus Christ's birth, now me and you have access to his grace. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that's grateful and thankful that you have access to his grace? We need to give God a hand praise for his grace that he sent to us through his son Jesus somebody scream grace it's the grace of God that we're able to do what we do said so the law came through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ oh I'm so grateful put up 1 Corinthians 15 and 9 Speaking of grace, look at this real quick. So number one, one of the benefits of his birth is that we have grace now. Look at this. Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle, which is, an apostle is someone who plants churches. He's going around, he's planting one church, he's going to different communities, different regions, and he's planting churches and so on and so forth. But he says, I'm the least, I'm the least. I'm not even worthy to be called. In other words, I'm not even worthy to be hand-selected. Why me? Well, I'm not even worthy to be even summoned by you to be an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He was an enemy of the cross. If you really do in-depth study, Paul was killing Christians before he became one. But he's saying, I'm the least. I'm not even worthy because I persecuted the church of God. But even in his sin, Grace was still abounding toward him. And I'll get to that in a minute. But look at this. Look at the next verse. But by the grace of God, this is Paul, by the grace of God, his supernatural ability, his, his divine enabling power, his unmerited, his undeserved favor, I'm, I am what I am. See, when you begin to see, experience God's success, don't ever attribute it to your intellectual abilities. Because your intellectual abilities can only get you so far. But when you begin to attribute all your God's success to God's grace, that's when God begins to cause more grace to come into your life. Amen? Don't you ever try to take glory in what God is doing in you, through you, and for you. Stay humble. James 4.10 says that he will exalt the humble. But go back to this scripture, uh, 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 for, for, verse there it is right there, 4 and 10. He humble yourself. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Then he says, and his grace toward me was not in vain, which lets me know that grace can be on you, but if you don't tap into it, you won't see the God results you're looking for. So don't allow his grace to be in vain on your life. Then it says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. To a degree, it almost sounds like he's arrogant. Because he's saying, listen, I labor more abundantly than all of you. In other words, he's telling the other disciples, you guys sat with Jesus and I didn't. And I planted more churches than all of you. I've covered more ground than all of you. But then look what he says right quick. Look at this. He says, yet not I, but the grace of God which was within me. See, look at that. Three times in this scripture alone, you see the word grace mentioned. Because Paul, again... 
He's not trying to share. He's not trying to take glory for all his God accomplishments, if you will. He attributes all his God's success to God's grace. And I say all that to say one of the benefits of the birth of Christ is that me and you have that same grace that Paul walked in. That same grace is available to you and I. We have access, come on, to that same grace. Even as a 44-year-old young man, and I said young man, hallelujah, <laughs> I attribute all that God has done for me in these 10 years at Kingdom in the Valley, if it had not been for his grace, I would have been consumed. But I'm still standing because of the grace of God. Even in my dark place, come on, grace was still abounding toward me. Let me show you in the text. Put up Romans chapter 5, verse 20, and we'll move on to the next point. Look at this. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. So when you, we were under the law, that offense was abounding. Offense was abounding. But look at this. But where, but where sin abounded, grace abound much more. So part of the reason why you were able to escape your dark place is because while you were in your dark place slash sin place, Grace was still abounding towards you. Do I have anybody in this building that you were in a dark place and you know that it was the grace of God that was still abounding towards you? That is because of the grace of God you were not consumed? That is because of the grace of God that the enemy was not able to chew you up and spit you out? That you're still standing because of the grace of God? You don't even look like what you've been through. Come on, somebody. And some of you been through hell and but it was the grace somebody scream grace that kept you grace kept you going it was the grace of God that you didn't have a nervous breakdown it's the grace of God that you didn't blow your brains out it's the grace of God that you're still in the land of the living somebody in this 930 service need to give God a big praise because of his grace Look at your neighbor and say, it was grace. It was grace. It was grace. Look at two or three other people and tell them, it was grace. It was grace. It was grace that you didn't have a nervous breakdown. It was grace that you were able to get over that rape. Come on. It was grace that you were able to get over that molestation. It was grace that you were able to get over that divorce. It was grace that you were able to get over that death of your family member. Somebody need to give God a big praise. It was grace. It was grace. It was grace that you were able to get over that bitterness. It was grace that you were able to get over that disappointment. It was grace that you were able to get over that letdown. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, it was grace. It was grace. Because the thing that was trying to kill you made you. If you receive that, come on and give God a hand praise. Because what didn't kill you was making you into who you are today. You couldn't even die because of the grace. Somebody scream 
more time. It was grace. 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 We're here today because of his grace. It was grace. It was grace. Uh-huh. It was grace that your past didn't come back and haunt you. People telling you what goes around comes around. God was like, not in my book, because my mercies are new. Come on, do you know that they're new? Every morning, mercy meaning I give you what you don't deserve. A second chance. Hallelujah. Put that up. Lamentation 322. Uh, you know, I like to give you visuals. Lamentation chapter 3. It says, through the Lord's mercies. Come on, somebody. We, we are not consumed. <laughs> Boy, I'm so glad mercy and grace is first cousins. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm so glad mercy and grace is first cousins. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fell. Now, do you know it's the compassion of God that you ain't dead? That cancer couldn't take you out? That disease couldn't take you out? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all done been sick in your body and the doctor said, then wrote you off. But Dr. Jesus said, uh-uh, I'm going to cause my grace to abound. Come on, somebody. I will cause my grace to abound towards you. Like when I turned 40 and the doctor told me I had arthritis in my left knee. No, grace has abounded. And he told me to stop jumping on pews. And he said, I watch you on TV and you need to calm down. How many know the devil is a lie? God has been too good for me to calm down because I know it's his grace that has sustained me and have kept me. Come on, I should have been a statistic. Oh, but grace said, uh-uh, you can't have Reggie Steele. Grace said, uh-uh, you can't have Greg Mitchell. Uh-huh, grace said, no, 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 you can't have Hank Reeves. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you better hear what I'm saying. Grace said, uh-uh, you can't have Larry Williams. Uh, Grace said, uh-uh, you can't have Gerald Finister. I, I got a plan for him. I got a work for him to do because I got to put them together for such a time as this. And I'm going to cause my grace to abound toward them so that they can take cities for me, so that they can kick butt and take names. Somebody give God a praise. His compassions fail not. Look what the next verse says. They are new. <laughs> Can I rest my case? Ain't that what lawyers do when they get done? Put that up one more time. They are new. Every morning. Pastor, I cussed yesterday. They are new every morning. Pastor, I cheated on my taxes 17 years ago. They are new every morning. But Pastor, the Bible says that God hates divorce in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. But his mercies are new every morning. Great 
is your faithfulness. Is this faithfulness great? That word great means it's outstanding what God does when it comes to his creation. Because if I was God, come on somebody, if you was God, come on, and you knew some of the stuff that people did, <laughs> ain't it a blessing that we're not God? That he's full of compassion. That he's full of grace. That even in your dark place, sin was still, I'm sorry, grace was still abounding. Remember that? Romans 5 and 20, his grace was abounding. Come on, when you was putting your pants back on. Oh, y'all just catching that. Some of y'all catch that in the car. Come on. Pastor mentioned pants, pulling them back up. <laughs> in other words, when you were sleeping with somebody, you ain't had no business. Grace was still. Can I get a witness up in here? I'll never forget, there was a hotel in Phoenix I used to take females to and do my thing. And then years later, me and Greg had to go to that same hotel because it's no longer a hotel anymore. It's a transitional living facility for men and women that are coming off drugs. And I had to go in there and preach to hundreds of people. And about 50 people got saved in that session at a place that I used to have sex at 21 years ago. That was a hotel at one time. But now it's a transitional living facility. That's called Grace. Was abounding toward me even when I was putting my pants back on. Oh, see, y'all ain't. Y'all... Y'all, they ain't ready for me, Minister Demetrius. They not. Y'all ain't ready for me. I talk about real reality type of stuff. Soap operas are not in anymore because people want reality. We want reality shows. We really want to know what's going on in your life. Can I get a witness up in here? We want Jerry Springer type of stuff. That's the generation we live in. We, you crazy, but at least you keeping it 100. <laughs> and that's what we believe in doing here at Kingdom. I talk about real stuff. And the reason why I do that is because if I was able to escape that kind of gross sin, what do you think God would do with show behind? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. My responsibility is to give you hope and courage to know you can come out of your dark place because grace is abounding towards you. His mercies are new every morning. You couldn't even be consumed in your mess because God had a plan. If you know God had a plan, somebody need to really give God a hand praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, he had a plan. He had a plan. Pastor, you mean he had a plan even when I was in my mess? Yep. He sure did. Look at what he's doing with you now. Look what he's doing with me now. <laughs> I'll never forget I was living so contrary to God's word as a 24-year-old man. Now I'm a 44-year-old man. My dad told my wife, you need to get an insurance policy because he won't live to be 25. Oh, but Grace said, mm -mm, mercy said, God said, come on. There are people that wrote you off. But look at you, you're still standing. Got a good job. Come on, somebody. Got a couple of cars. Come on, somebody. Got a house to go to after church. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of y'all even still trying to figure out where you're about to go eat after church. Where are we going? Papa City Hall, Red Lobster. <laughs> 
Oh, somebody said McDonald's. McDonald's. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I was there yesterday. Get me one of them sauces and egg. Come on, somebody. You know, they do breakfast at night now. Praise him. I feel the glory. <laughs> I got to finish this. I said, somebody, even at McDonald's, finally got some sense. Come on, somebody. Because sometime in the afternoon, I ain't feeling like a Big Mac. Come on, somebody. I need some pancakes. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let me get back to my text. If I don't want to lose y'all, your spirit of food hit this place. I'd mess around and lose all y'all. All right. So the benefits of his birth is that we have grace. We've already proven that point. Paul said, I am who I am because of the grace of God. Then we see in Romans 5.20 that even when you were in sin, his grace kept abounding towards you. Put up one more scripture. Look at this. Go to Hebrews 4.15 before we move to the second point. Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15. It says, for we do not have a high priest. Now, we know Jesus is our high priest. It says, for, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Now, isn't this interesting? that God sent his son Jesus to come and fill our infirmities, our weaknesses, and what we go through. So now we have a high priest who sympathizes. In other words, he pities us. Then it says, look at this, but was in all points tempted as we are. Pastor, do you mean to tell me that Jesus was tempted like me? Yep. That's what the scripture says. Then it says, all points tempted as we are. So, Pastor, you mean to tell me that Jesus had destructive behavior? He did. He went in the temple and kicked over tables. Got a belt, started hitting stuff. Can I get a witness? Called the people vipers. Do y'all read the Bible? And then the disciples couldn't cast the spirit out of the young man. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, how much longer must I suffer with y'all? And now we know he didn't say, how much longer must I suffer with thee? No, 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 no. I'm sure he had a little ghetto on him. How much longer? I got to suffer with y'all. Can I get a witness up in here? And then Jesus had to go out of his way and cast the spirit out the young man because his disciples, the reason why he was mad at his disciples is because he realized, man, I've been spending time with y'all. When is my spiritual sin? going to get on you guys. Why are you calling me? That's like after this service, if somebody's in here, you know, uh, swerving around and they come and get me, I'm going to be mad because I'm going to be like, Greg, why come you and Larry and Hank and, and Gerald couldn't handle that? That's why you ministers in the church, that's why you sit on the front row. I got a third service I got to do. Handle that. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. And if they get out of, real out of control, we got security. Where's Sam at? He packing, just shoot it. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> I'm just trying to drive a point home. In other words, we got enough folk. Demetri, another minister. Uh, minister Anthony, another minister. Handle the business. Shouldn't have to be coming and getting me for everything. Come on, you didn't been under this word long enough. Handle it. Amen? Go back to the scripture. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin. But this is the thing. Part of the reason why he sympathized with us because he got a chance to find. Because remember, God was wanting to kill folks in Genesis. 
But then when he put himself in flesh and came down to the earth and realized that what me and you have to encounter, he was like, I see why Reggie crazy. I see why he used to smoke weed. I see why he chased women. Come on, somebody. I see why Demetri would just flip out when something would happen. He's saying, I get it. I was tempted at all those points. I get my creation that I created. I see why they bipolar. Come on, somebody. I see why they need medicine. <laughs> but how many of you know can't nobody do you like Jesus? His word will medicate you. Can I get a witness up in here? When it says in Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's my medication. That medicates me and lets me know when my money ain't touching and agreeing, my medication is Philippians 4.19. He said, I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. When, I, when my money is, is funny, come on, I'm, I remind myself of John 10.10 10, that he said, I come that you might have life. That you might have it more abundantly. Amen. How many know God wants you to have a life while you're in the earth? He, there it is, that you may have life, life, life. And have it more abundantly. I got to get to these next two points, which will be quick. Go to Hebrews 8 and 6. So remember, the benefits of his birth, number one, is that because of his birth, we birth, grace has been birthed into our life. Amen? Because before that, it was law. But now we're under grace. Hallelujah. Now, let me drop something on you real quick. Just because we're under grace does not give us a license to sin. Put up Romans 6 and 1. Just because sin, grace is abounding towards you, you don't say, well, because it's abounding to me, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. No, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, look what the rest of this says. Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? So then we got to begin to make some separation. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. But let's go to Hebrews 8 and 6, my second point. Hebrews 8 and 6, it says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as we, as, as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which is uh, established on better promises. So my second point is not only through his birth do we have grace, but through his birth, we have a better covenant. Is that what it says? Put it back up real quick. I want the people to see we have a better covenant which was established on better promises. So in other words, because of his birth, things should be getting better in your life, not worse. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, if you seek ye first, somebody say first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it says all these other what? Things will be what? Added to you. God wants you to have things as long as you don't let things have you. That's part of his covenant. Is that he wants you to be blessed. Come on, somebody. You are his offspring. You are his very creation in the earth. What he created, he wants it to be blessed. Amen? He wants you to be blessed. And then that's when, when you begin to realize that he wants you to be blessed, that's when he begins to do his best. But it's according to your faith. Put up Matthew 9, 29. Matthew 9, 29, because some people have a hard time processing what I just said, and some people say, God going to do it. Not necessarily, because look what this says. It says, according to your faith, 
let it be to you. So we got to rise up in our faith. When we begin to rise up in our faith, there's nothing God won't do. What he say in Psalm 84 and 11? Put that up real quick. Psalm 84 and 11. Look at this, and I'm going to go to my third point. Psalm, it says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Then it says, no good thing. Somebody say, no good thing. Will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? A lot of times things are being withheld because we have not come in alignment with his word. But when our life comes in alignment with his word, there's no good thing. I knew God was not going to withhold this from facility from us. I've been consecrating my flesh. I ain't perfect, but I've been given a perfect effort when it comes to serving my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? And when you begin to entertain his ways and entertain his thoughts, he'll begin to release $6 million buildings for half off. Like how you women go to the store looking, some of y'all looking for half off right now. Can I get a witness? My wife left the house at 9 o'clock in the morning. She called me, honey, I got this thing that was 800. I got it for $3.99. I said, praise him. I said, there's an open heaven over kingdom. When y'all go shopping, you better go and bargain with these folk. Shoot. Just like we bargained for this church. When they told me five million the seven months prior, I said no. But when they said three, I said, let's talk again. Where y'all want to meet? Yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm a CEO too. Just I believe everybody in this building got a CEO anointing in this place. Come on, the woman of God star said it. Come on, you pregnant with stuff in you that you don't even know. It's time for you to give birth to what's on the inside of you. I believe that there's a million dollar status on the inside of you. There's somebody in this building, you're pregnant with a book, a bestseller. There's people that are pregnant with businesses on the inside. Somebody scream, I'm pregnant. Don't you let that thing keep lingering on the inside of you. It's time for you to step out on faith and trust God. So number one, because of his birth, we have grace. Because of his birth, we have a better covenant, better promises. Doesn't the Bible say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You better put your name there too. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Reggie. What Abraham had, I can have. What Jacob had, I can have. What Isaac had, I can have. That's the kind of confession. I believe if you say it, you'll see it. But it's according to your faith. Get out of logic. Get out of your human ability. Amen? Because your human ability will tell you, let's just play it safe. I could have said, you know what, we're going to just stay in the swap meet for 10 years and play it safe. We're going to stay in the cafeteria and play it safe. We're going to keep having church in the gymnasium and play it safe. I'll never forget one of my leaders told me, he said, Pastor, we should stay in the gym because we're only paying $8,100 a month to be here from 6 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon because we had three services. You got you to consider that we would have to set up, break down. And it ran us $8,100 a month to have church in a school on Sunday and Wednesday. And then when we moved to Litchfield Park, the, the rent was $23,000. He said, Pastor, let's just stay here. In other words, he was saying, let's just play it safe. 
And my flesh was like, that sounds good. Because in order for us to make this jump, you're not going to have to have faith for that. I am. So in my flesh, I'm like, man, I'm feeling you. But in my spirit, I said, I'm sick of being in this gymnasium. I'm sick of coming in here and laying this tarp on the floor and covering up basketball hoops. And we talking about Jesus is Lord. And God moved in the cafeteria. We had three services in there, and we had 500 people showing up to each service at a, at a school. But I knew that I had to make a move. And guess what scripture God brought to me? Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith. You, do you really believe I have, you have a better covenant? And so we stepped out in that building, 23000 a month. The first offering that came in there was over $40,000. I said, okay, God, this you. Because I was walking around like this a little bit. I believe, but help my unbelief. And then the, even the elder at the time came to me and said, look what God did. And I'm looking at him like, you the very one was trying to keep me over there. <laughs> you better be careful who in your ear. Be careful who's in your inner circle. If you got a whole bunch of doubters around you, the spirit of doubt will get on you. Mm-hmm. Even, I'll never forget when we moved in, before we moved in here, me and my wife was with another bishop, and he was with us. And he looked at me and my wife, and he said, you know if you move in here, he said, you know you're going to have to put a demand on heaven. He said, because this place is tore up. I said, I know. Did you see them rats over there in the corner? He said, I did. I stepped over one of them. We had to run off homeless people sleeping in here. Come on, somebody. So at the end of the day, he said, when he said, you got to put a demand on heaven, what came to my mind was Psalm 100, put up 100, Psalm 118, verse 25. Because this is biblical. Sometime in order for God to see God move in your life, you might have to put a demand on heaven. Look what this says. Save now. Isn't he saving? Over 1,400 people have gotten saved just this year at Kingdom. So save uh, now, I pray, oh Lord, oh Lord, I pray, sin now, sin now, prosperity. Not tomorrow, not next week. I had to be like, Lord, sin now, sin now. I said, Lord, you got to give me a, you, you got to flash me. Come on, somebody. But God sent the prosperity that we needed. Every dime that we needed, every dime that we and so I say all that to say we have a better covenant established on better promises. And what does the Bible say about promises? The promises of God are what? And what? The promises of God, thank you, are yes and amen. That word amen just means that you got to come in agreement with what God wants to do in your life. Amen. So, number one. The benefits of his birth is that we have grace. Also, the benefits of his birth is that we have a better covenant established on better promises. Even look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Look at this, and then we'll move on to the third point. We'll be done. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was, though he was rich. See, some people try to think God was poor. No, he was rich. But look at this, it says 444, he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. In other words, 
and I use this term at the 8 o'clock service, it's almost like God, he dumbed himself down to come into the earth because we know there's no lack in heaven. There's no shortage in heaven. So he leaves heaven to come and he dumbs himself down to see how we really, what we go through as people. Our emotional swings. Come on, mood swings. Come on, somebody. That's why I don't encourage people to be a pastor because then you got to be able to handle people's mood swings. Like how y'all celebrated me earlier? Somebody might be cremating me tomorrow. But guess what? I got my breakthrough years ago. I'm delivered from people. We talk about getting delivered from drugs and getting delivered from women and getting delivered from insecurities. Somebody in this building, you better not go into 2016 still bound by somebody's opinion and what they think about you. It's time for you to get delivered from people. But pastor, it was my uncle. It was my auntie. It's time for you to get delivered. Stop letting people rent space in your head. They didn't create you. They didn't make you. Tell people all the time, Pastor, it just bothered me. Somebody says something about me. That's a good sign that God's hand is on you because you are nobody until you've been talked about. If ain't nobody talking about you, you ain't done nothing. When I hear about people talking about me in the community, I get excited. That's awesome. Because the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Because if the, the, when the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you, that means that somewhere down the line, you're compromising. You should have haters. Jesus had them. See, Jesus even had them in his inner circle. Come on, he had one disciple that denied him. He had another one that only denied him, but he had one that even turned on him. And he had another one that doubted him. Thomas doubted him. Peter denied him. And Judas betrayed him. If you haven't had nobody betray you in life, you ain't ready for your next level. If nobody's denied you, you're not ready for your next level. If you haven't had anybody doubt you, oh man, you don't even want to know when we started this church, all the doubters that we had. Oh, but we knew grace was abounding toward us. We knew that supernatural, super was going to hook up with natural. Oh, I can stay right there if I want to. But look at this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ through, he would, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. But look at this, that, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Part of the reason why he hung on the cross is when he said, Star said it, when he said it's finished, he's saying, listen, this world is yours now. Now that I'm, 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 I'm out of here, but I'm going to be resurrected in three days, I've left you grace. I've left you all the tools you need. I gave you my mind. Pastor, we have his mind? That's what Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says. That's where I attribute all my God's success. Listen, y'all under a pastor ain't never been to seminary. I got friends that have been to three, four seminaries with 17 members. And they come in here and they look at this and be like, man, I didn't been to seminary. You didn't even go. I tell them neology will take you where theology can. I'm a praying man. I can't wait to January 5th to get back here so I can be with my intercessors so we can call down heaven because I know how to move the hand of God. Because James 4, 8 said, if you draw near to God, he said, then I'll draw near to you. You can't just be sitting around whistling and smiling. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Sometimes he's waiting on you to put a demand on heaven. 
Sometimes he's waiting for you to say, sin now. Prosperity. So we have a better covenant, established on better promises. He was rich, but he, through, through his poverty, he became poor that you might become what? Rich. Amen? Not just in spirit, but he wants you to be wealthy and healthy. Oh, you don't want me to break out third John. He said, I wish. Can you put that up, third John? Two? Put it up in the King James Version. Put that up in the King James Version. This is for the people that still struggle with a poverty mindset. We want to break that spirit. Look at this, third John. I believe it's third John 1, 2. Put this up in the King James Version, though. Look at this real quick. Hallelujah. Look at this. Beloved, aren't we his beloved? I wish. That word wish means I strongly desire. He said I strongly desire above. Somebody say above. All things. All things that thou mayest prosper. I don't know about all that prosperity money stuff. You better listen. You, what, what did the word say? Don't, 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 don't take it from me. What the word say? Thou mayest prosper and be in health. God wants you to be prosperous and in good health. He said, I wish, I strongly desire above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. He wants you to prosper in your emotions, in your feelings, in your, 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 your health, and in your pockets. He wants your Bank of America to be blessed. He wants your chase. Come on, somebody. He wants your Wells Fargo. Come on, somebody. Somebody need to scream out your bank account. What, what? Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. There you go. Your credit union. Come on, somebody. Shoot. Amen. It's the will of God. Amen. Shoot. I got to give you the third point. The benefits of his birth. We have grace. We have a better covenant. Established on better promises. The last thing is Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. The benefits of his birth. One of the other benefits is that now we are sons. Because in the Old Testament, the Bible referred to us as slaves. Because, see, if a slave didn't do what they were supposed to do, they got punished. But we're no longer slaves anymore, but we're sons. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Didn't the Spirit lead you here today? You might not be perfect, but at least you're giving a perfect effort. At least you had enough sense to get to this 930. You were Spirit-led. This Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Didn't the Spirit of God lead you here today? You didn't come because somebody twisted your arm and said, you got to go to church. No, we, there's an adults in here. 90 plus percent of us in here are adults. So it says that we were led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God because of his birth. Not only do we have grace and we have a better covenant established on better promises, but now we're sons. Look at this. Uh, put up verse uh, 8 and 17. 8 and 17. It says we're even. Not only are we sons, but we're heirs. And if children, then heirs, 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we indeed suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I'm sick of folk that want to reign with him but don't want to suffer with him. Do you realize there's a level of suffering when you serve God? Because you're going to have critics, you're going to have people that are going to be critical of you because of the stance that you've, you've made a decision, I'm sticking to my guns when it comes to certain topics. So you're not going to always be popular. There are going to be some people that can't stand you. That's in John 15, 19. Put that up real quick and we'll close on this. Look at this real quick. John 15. It says, and if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you've taken ownership in his kingdom, you're going to have people that don't particularly care for you. Then it says, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The minute I told my friends 20 plus years ago that I was making my commitment to the Lord, I lost so many friends. Because they was like, you're going to do what? You mean we can't smoke weed together? We ain't going to the jockey club together no more? No, I got to make a separation. Because that's why my marriage got a wedge in it. Because I'm never home. So I need to begin to separate myself from you. Oh, I had all kind of folks throwing me under the bus. He over there going to church now. He'll be back. Some of y'all laugh because y'all heard that too. They like, ah, oh, he tripping. He just going through a phase right now. He'll be back buying the drinks again. He'll be letting us come back over there so we can go through that dime bag. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all. <laughs> but the blessing. His birth has brought on grace, a better covenant that's established on better promises. And the third thing is that because of his birth, we've gone from being slaves to sons. You are a son. Put up 2 Corinthians 5.21. Not only are you a son, an heir, but me and you are his righteousness. And I'm going to leave you with this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What y'all laughing about? So somebody smile. Is that right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> At the end of the day, not only are you a son, but you're an heir, and you're his righteousness. You might not do everything right, but you are his righteousness. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, the Bible says. Behold, all things have become new. Come on, let's give God a hand praise for his son, Jesus. Let's just celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior.